most uh, New Year's resolutions and goals uh, fall short after two weeks. And so fight the good fight and, and stay strong in your goals. But this morning, I want to give you a goal, a challenge for the year. And it is simply this. Study your Bible. Study the word. Be in the word often. And, uh, you know, it's important that we are in God's word, that we are studying God's word, but that we also know how to study God's word. And so for the next several weeks, we are going to go through a series called How to Study the Bible. How to Study the Bible. And to do this, we are going to use an acronym. And it's easy to remember. It is SOAP. SOAP. This is going to be our acronym that we use. Uh, study or scripture observation, how to observe scripture, how to look at scripture in its context and why that's important to uh, know the context in which the Bible is written and taking everything in context. The A is for application. How do we apply the word of God once we've read it, once we've observed it? How do we apply it in our lives? And then we're going to end by talking about prayer. How does prayer impact our Bible study when we are studying God's word? Why is it important to pray over God's word, through God's word? Why is prayer an important part? And so uh, we're going to spend some time studying the Bible and learning how to study the Bible. And uh, this is important for what we're going to be doing uh, the next several months uh, as we go through scripture. And we'll talk more about that later. But to start, we are going to talk this morning about scripture, scripture. And if we are going to study God's word, then we need to be in God's word. And we need to understand why God's word is important. You see, the Bible is not just simply a book. Some people say that the Bible is just a book. It's a story. It's just a nothing but a storybook. And it, there is a story to God's word. But it's not just a book. No, you see, the word of God is powerful. It's revelation. It's a sword. All these things are important. Hebrews 4.12 reminds us that for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirits, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. In 2 Timothy 3.16 reminds us that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And so the word of God is important. It's not just a book. It's a major important part of our lives, or so it should be. And you see, in 2002, the American Bible Society did a survey, and they have this uh, thing they do every year, the, the state of the Bible. And they talk about, or they do surveys and get numbers on uh, how, my, how many people are reading the word, engaging in the word, what's going on with the word. And this was the results from, or from the survey they took in 2022. One of the things they found is that scripture engagement is at a historic low in America, registering now at just 19% of American adults. The Bible disengaged category grew by 45.2 million adults in a single year. This is the single largest disruption in scripture engagement over rec or ever recorded in the 12 years of conducting the State of the Bible survey. In the past year, nearly 26 million Americans decreased or stopped interacting with scripture. 
Since 2018, approximately 47 to 49 percent of American adults have been identified as Bible users. This year, however, showed a 10 percent decrease to 39 percent. Nearly two-thirds of people who seldom or never read the Bible, non-Bible users, indicated some curiosity in what the Bible had to say to them, and one-third of non-Bible users say they were very or extremely curious. Nearly half of American adults still agree that the Bible contains everything a person needs to know to live a meaningful life. Fewer than one-third disagree. But here we go. A quarter of Bible users said that one of their greatest frustrations regarding reading scripture was that they never seemed to have enough time. This complaint was common among all age groups. The top answer for Gen Z and millennials was, I don't know where to start, which was also a significant hurdle for the movable middle and the Bible disengaged. And so we're seeing numbers of people who are reading the Bible dropping lower and lower and lower. And these are people who have claimed to be people who read the Bible frequently. And yet we're seeing the numbers drop down. People are not engaging with scripture. People aren't reading scripture like we should be. And if we were to be completely honest, how often do we read the word outside of church? How often would we say that the Bible is open between Sunday and Sunday? You see, the word of God is important. It's important that we are in the word of God. Charles Spurgeon once said that nobody ever outgrows scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. No matter how many times you read it, reading it over and over and over and over again, you never outgrow scripture. It just keeps widening. And as you age, it ages along with you. It continues to grow along with you. What you learned, you continue to grow from reading it. N.T. Wright once said, the Bible is the book of my life. It's the book I live with, the book I live by, the book I want to die by. You see, we know that the word we hold in our hands is truth. The, the Bible is true. Everything points to it being true. The Bible that you're reading on your phone or on the screen or in your hands, it's true. And we know this. We know the eyewitness accounts from people who walked with Jesus point to the fact that this word is true. These people who followed Jesus were willing to die for this word. And if this word isn't true and they were willing to die for something that was simply not true, they would be kind of silly, wouldn't they? We know that the dates of the manuscripts point to the Bible being true. The earliest manuscripts are so close to uh, the people writing them compared to other historical documents that we know because there are several of these manuscripts that the words are true. They haven't been changed or altered. And we know that the Bible is true because there's non-Christian witnesses who have written about Jesus, who wrote about his disciples. Josephus is a good example of this. And we know that the Bible is infallible, it's errorless, it's reliable. Chuck Colson once said, the Bible's power rests upon the fact that it is the reliable, errorless, and infallible word of God. And so scripture is true, it's real, it's powerful, it's revelation. And so the question that I want us to answer this morning is this, why is it important 
Why is it important that we are in the word? Why is it important that we study God's word, that we engage with scripture? And I think there's a couple of reasons that we can say it is important that we are in the word of God. And the first one is this. Scripture helps us to look for false teaching. Scripture helps us to look for false teaching. You see, if we are not in the word, how do we know what is true or what is false? If we're not looking in God's word, how do we engage when people bring to us doctrine? How do we, how do we know? I think of the Bereans who, when Paul spoke to them, they checked everything that he said to make sure what he said was true. Because you see, here is the truth. There is false teaching in this world. There is false teaching in this world, and sadly, there is false teaching in our churches. There are those who preach a gospel that is not true. The main emphasis that we should be paying, the main salvation issues, they disregard. It's sad but true, and scripture warns us that this happens. First John 4, 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3 tells us, but there was also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. And so we know that there is false teaching in this world. Scripture tells us that there will be false teachers, those who try to tell you that this is what is true, that what you read is false. And how do we know these things if we are not in the word? We need to be in the word because we know that the word is truth. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Psalm 119, verse 142, your righteousness is everlasting and your law is true. We know that the word of God is truth. We know that the words that are written in scripture are true. And so how do we know if the things that we are hearing is true or false if we are not going to the word? Now, the word helps us to look out for false teaching. I like what Francis Schaeffer once said when talking about education. He said, isolating the student from large sections of human knowledge is not the basis of a Christian education. Rather, it is given him or her the framework for total truth rooted in the creator's existence and in the Bible's teaching so that in each step of the formal learning process, the student will understand what is true and what is false and why it is true or false. You see, we have to be in the word because the word helps us to identify false teaching. It's important today that we understand that. Another reason why scripture is so important is because scripture helps us to use discernment. Scripture helps us to use discernment. How do we do what is right if we don't know what is right according to God's standard? And the way to do that is to be in God's word. David Jeremiah says this is a time when all of God's people need to keep their eyes and their Bibles wide open. We must ask God for discernment as never before. You see, the truth is the world is 
knocking on our door over and over and over again with all of these things telling us this is right and this is right and this is right. You should live by this way and you should live by this worldview and you should do this or that. The world is trying to tempt us with each and everything and it's knocking at our door and how do we know what to do if we don't know God's word and if we haven't hidden it in our hearts? You see, it helps us to discern. The problem is we're not in the word. We're not in the word. In Hebrews chapter 5, 13 through 14, it tells us something similar. It says, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You see, we cannot just come here on Sundays and hear the word and that be the only time we're in the word. We can't do that. We have to be in the word constantly because the word helps us to discern what is right, what is wrong. We need to go into that solid food to help us distinguish what is good and what is wrong. With the world beating on our doors, we need to use discernment. How do we get discernment? We read the word. We engage in the word. Psalm 119, verse 11 reminds us, I have hidden your word in my heart so they may not sin against you. How important is it to read the word of God and to memorize the word of God? How often do you spend memorizing scripture? If we're to be honest, it's probably not as often as we should be. A lot of times I, I hear people say, I, I, I just can't do it. I can't memorize scripture. I just struggle to memorize scripture. But then you can tell us your favorite songs word for word and your favorite movie quotes word for word and I'm not trying to beat up on you if you have a hard time memorizing scripture. It's something that takes practice. But I think sometimes we can memorize more than we think we can. We have to hide the word of God in our hearts so that when those moments come and we're faced with a temptation, we're faced with a what do I do in this situation, we know what is true and what is right and what is good according to the word of God. And so the second reason is it helps us to use discernment. The third reason why scripture is so important is because those who hold the scripture will be blessed. Those who hold to scripture will be blessed. Now, I want to be very clear when I say blessed here in this context, I'm not talking about health and wealth. No, I'm talking about a blessed that our blessing that gives us peace that satisfies our soul, a heavenly reward. That is our blessing. Bless, the blessing of knowing that when temptation comes, when trials come, we're, we're satisfied in our soul. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 tells us, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. James 1.25 tells us, But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And we will, bless, or we will be blessed if we apply what we read in Scripture, if we follow what Scripture tells us, if we do the things that God has called us to do. And in those moments where temptation comes and trials come, we will have peace in our soul. And why is that? Because we know the word of God and we know who God is and what he tells us. 
and in that we will prosper when we do what is right, according to the word. And I think of Psalm 63, verses 1 through 5. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of food. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. And there's something about when we're living by the word of God and we're doing what the word of God says, even when people tell us that we shouldn't, we should do what the world tells us to do. When we are living by the words of God, we find ourselves prospering in what matters. We find ourselves being successful in what matters, living for him, living in relationship with him. I like what R.C. Sproul says. He says, the difference between the blessed person and the ungodly person is that the blessed person walks according to the course of heaven and not according to the course of this world. When we live by God's word, when we apply God's word in our life, we are blessed. We are satisfied in our soul, and the thing that we long for is him. And we will prosper in what we do because of him. The next thing is this. Scripture is important because scripture points us to Jesus, our salvation. The word of God points us to Jesus, who is our salvation. 2 Timothy 3.15 tells us, And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. What does this mean? What does this mean that the, the holy scriptures make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus? Well, you see, from the very beginning, God created, you know, he created the world, he created everything in it, he created man, he created woman, and he created them for the purpose of doing life with him. They were to be in this garden, in this paradise, and they were going to live life with God, the creator. Imagine that. Living life in the Garden of Eden with the creator. That's what we were intended to do, live life with him. But then sin entered into the world and seemed there for a minute, oh man, what is going to happen? All hope is gone. But in Genesis chapter 3, 14 and through 15, we read, Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is known as the proto-evangelium. I've said it before. And what that really means, the proto-evangelium, it's simple. It means the first gospel. It's in this moment we see the first gospel. God is going to fix this mistake made by man. And so how is he going to do this? He's going to send a Messiah. And many prophecies in the Old Testament point to this coming Messiah. Forty-seven times we see prophecies about a Messiah fulfilled. And if you don't mind, I'd like to go through a couple of them. And we're not going to read the verses word for word, but I just want to point to where they're at. And matter of fact, on the back of your bulletin insert, there is a list of all the ones Uh, that we're going to read through. But there are many prophecies fulfilled, and here's some of the big ones. The Messiah would be born of a woman. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 tells us this, and it's fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, and pointed to in Galatians 4, 4. 
the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Micah 5.2 tells us that. It was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, and Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. The Messiah would be born of a virgin. Isaiah 7.14 tells us that. It was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1, 22 through 23, and Luke chapter 1, 26 through 31. The Messiah would come from the line of Abraham. Genesis 12.3 and Genesis 22.18 tells us this. It was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, and pointed to in Romans chapter 9, verse 5. The Messiah would be heir to uh, King David's throne. 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 13, and Isaiah 9, 7 tells us this. It's fulfilled in Luke chapter 1, 32 through 33, and Romans 1, 3 point to it. A messenger would prepare the way for the Messiah. Isaiah 40, chap or chapter 40, verses 3 through 5, fulfilled in Luke chapter 3, verses 3 through 6. The Messiah would be rejected by his own people. Psalm 69, 8 and Isaiah 53, 3 tell us this. It was fulfilled in John chapter 1, verse 11 and John 7, verse 5. The Messiah would be declared the son of God. Psalm 2, 7 tells us this. It was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 3, 16 through 17. The Messiah would be betrayed. Psalm 41, verse 9 and Zechariah 11, verses 12 through 13. It's fulfilled in Luke chapter 22, 47 through 48, and Matthew 26, 14 through 16. The Messiah would be crucified with criminals. Isaiah 53, 12 tells us it's fulfilled in Matthew 27, 38, and Mark 15, 27 through 28. The Messiah would be buried with the rich. Isaiah 53, 9, fulfilled in Matthew 27, 57 through 60. But the Messiah would resurrect from the dead. Psalm 16.10, Psalm 49.15 tells us it's fulfilled in Matthew 28.2-7 and Acts chapter 2.22-32. All of these things and many other prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He is our hope, our salvation, and guess what? We don't find him just in the New Testament. No, we find him all throughout Scripture. This is why Martin Luther said the Bible is the cradle wherein Christ is laid. Scripture is important, you see, because it leads us to Jesus, and Jesus is our salvation. He is our salvation. He is our only hope. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. Romans 5, 8 tells us, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6, 23 tells us, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Romans 10, 9 tells us, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, the Bible in whole is really a portrait of Jesus, according to John Stott. The Bible is the portrait of Jesus Christ. When you read through the word of God, you are reading the story of how God redeemed his people, and he did this through his, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, his son. And so why do we need to read scripture? Why do we need to engage in scripture? It helps us to deal with false teaching. What do we do when we hear things that just doesn't sound right, that doesn't seem like it is plausible, that it doesn't seem logical? What do we do when something is told to us and it doesn't seem like that is possibly true? We go to God's word. We go to God's word. And we read what God's word has to say on the subject. And if it doesn't line up with this, then it's probably not biblical. It's not accurate if it doesn't line up with the word of God. It helps us to use discernment. 
man, I really want to do what is right. I want to live for him. I want to live a life that, that glorifies him. What do I do when temptation is knocking at my door? You use discernment. And how do you use discernment? You use God's word. You read God's word. You hide God's word in your heart so that when sin is tempting you, you can say, I know what scripture says. This is exactly what Jesus did in the wilderness when he was being tempted over and over and over again when Satan is throwing things at him. Do this, do this, do this. The word of God says this. It helps us to use discernment. Man, if we are in God's word and we are living by God's word and we're applying it to our life, guess what? He's going to bless us. He's going to bless us and not with not always going to be healthy. We're not going to, you're not just going to become a millionaire, but no, he's going to bless you in what, what is important. He'll bless you with the things you need and he will satisfy your soul like nothing in this world could do. And here's the most important thing. We need to be in the Bible because the Bible is where we encounter Jesus and in Jesus we find salvation. There is no one else, there is no other name in which we can be saved except through Jesus Christ. He is our Lord and Savior and we find him in the word, all over the word. His life is all over the word. These prophecies that are fulfilled are fulfilled by him. And so this morning, are you in the word? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And as they do, here's the thing. Being in the word of God points us to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And maybe you're here and you've never encountered Jesus. Maybe you've never encountered our Lord and Savior. And if that's the case this morning, maybe you're reading the word of God this morning and you're thinking about Jesus and you've never given your life to him. Today, it's a perfect time to do so. We are only in the second Sunday of a new year. It's an opportunity to give your life to him this morning. And if that's the case, if you've never given your life to him, you can do so. You can fill out your connect card and, and I'd love to talk with you. You can come up here and talk. I'd love to talk with you. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe if you were to be honest, how often you're in the word, maybe it's not nearly enough. We have an opportunity to start afresh. We can start by getting into the word. Maybe this morning you, you don't know where to go. You don't know where to start. Out on the Welcome Center this morning, there's a, a set of papers. It's a, the Bible in chronological order, and each day there's something for you to read. If you don't know where to start, you can start there. If you use version on your phone, there's Bible plans galore. Just type in whatever subject you're looking for, and there's a Bible plan. challenge you this morning. Be in scripture. Engage in scripture. Be in the word. It's useful for helping us deal with false teaching, with discernment. Man, it's important that